Welcome to RSAM Real Estate Show, where we tackle wealth and real estate questions. Today's question is a really interesting one. I got this one um, message through to me yesterday, and uh, I tell you what, could real estate be tokenized when it comes to cryptocurrency? And uh, just flag who sent this question. Carter, Carter sent the question over. Um, I think it's a really, really interesting question. Morning, guys. Um, I'm a bit earlier this morning just because I'm stuck in a hotel room and uh, I've got to duck off to go and see some real estate, seeing some really interesting properties at the moment, which is um, which is awesome. So I'm uh, a business Bedouin on the run. Um, this is... Uh, my uh, my hotel room. It's pretty pretty cool. Um, I'm at the W actually in in Brisbane. Morning, guys. Um, so great question from Carter. Um, certainly in real estate, we're starting to see some changes in the way real estate is being produced, and I uh, certainly don't think real estate's going to become a decentralized currency, rather like crypto is. Real estate very much is bricks and mortar and has titles and is very much um, going to be within the standard economy rather than any sort of deregulated economy, that is for sure. Um, Certainly, I think into the future, will people be uh, buying real estate using crypto? You know, potentially, um, potentially it's already happened. Um, Will blockchain actually transform data so that uh, the way we borrow money is assessed differently. Absolutely. That is on the cards. Big data is the future and borrowing money is going to be very individualized and tailored to the way we spend. So I think what's so interesting about um, really the idea of of data and, uh, you know, all this kind of information age is into the future, I don't think I'm going to go for a home loan and be assessed at the same rate someone else is going to be. And it's really already happening now. For example, people in medical can get better home loan rates than um, other people. Um, doctors borrow money much less at a much um, more affordable rate than, say, the average person on the street. So there's already a bit of a class system when it comes to data and the way people are lent money. Doctors, for example, can borrow 90, 95% to to buy bucket loads of real estate and they can keep going. And for, I guess, the average um, mum and dad out there, it's, it's the polar opposite. It's a lot tougher. I think what we will see though is more fractional ownership. And it's certainly something that I'm having many conversations on that the future into decades from now, people will be buying a proportion of real estate and buying it fractionally, teaming up with other people and owning real estate um, really unencumbered and owning a proportion of the asset. So fractional is going to be something which I think we'll start to hear a lot more about. I guess the early adopters of fractional um, in some respects, we're sort of, uh, you know, sort of playing around with it without it becoming too serious. You saw things like people buying $100 bricks um, 
inside, for example, Bricklet, which is fractional. Um, I think you'll find that it gets a little bit more serious. People investing fifty, a hundred thousand dollars with other people as a buy and hold strategy to then own an asset outright, um, pull the income, and then get property management to split the revenue. Um, definitely, given you know the cloud-based technology inside a lot of the property management businesses today splitting or creating income splits for say 10 people that own one property is now very very possible um and a lot of the, i guess this technology is is sort of reshaping um certainly what is possible within the real estate community so fractional is something definitely i'm looking into and i definitely want to bring my clients a really cool fractional option obviously um for many people they're already sort of kind of doing fractional in joint ventures and syndications, but quite often you need to be uh, what is termed a sophisticated investor to do joint ventures and um, syndications if you're sort of buying into a, a managed sort of scheme, so to speak. I think what we will also see, which is something which is really here now, but, you know, it's quite often uh, not understood is build to rent and uh, really the best way to understand it there's a lot more money in uh, really the top end of town um, corporations uh, major multi um, national uh, real estate firms REITs in superannuation pooled there's more money at the top end than there is for the average person in the street the average person in the street is starting to, to absolutely struggle to keep up with the rat race. It's the polar opposite with, um, you know, pulled money inside the stock market. Um, so REITs or real estate investment trusts are absolutely, um, you know, in a position now where they're going to build basically property farms where they uh, don't sell the real estate. And I often explain it like this, um, you know, do you know the difference between real estate and property? Real estate is the tenure, the title, and property is the dwelling. There's fundamentally going to be more properties and less real estate into the future. And that is because the top end of town has a bucket load of money. And what they are fundamentally now doing is building um, complexes, estates where they do not sell the real estate. They buy it and hold it and rent it, build to rent. And really what you're, what you're going through now is a lot of people who perhaps never could get into real estate and into the future with prices the way they are potentially will never get into real estate. They uh, will become renters for life and so you often um, see politicians talking about this kind of problem where you know there's a lot of inequality and people cannot afford um, to keep up with the standard of living so then build to rent comes in and uh, you know starts to starts to create product specifically for the rental market now we talked about this the other night you know, to borrow money, um, you know, you need as a to get a to get a home loan. You might be assessed that, you know, thirty percent of your income goes back to paying off that home loan. Then you've got seventy percent 
to spend on um, all sorts of things, you know, power, water, clothes, um, education, um, hospitality, whatever it is. But with the rental market, really um, no one's stopping someone rent, um, you know, paying 50 or 60% of their income. And so what is fundamentally going to unfold is fractional and build to rent, which, um, you know, already some buildings around Australia are being, you know, produced, not as real estate, but as property. And uh, that is a, a really interesting shift inside the real estate community. So uh, the good news is there's going to, for those that own real estate, um, with a normal tenant and rent it out, you know, specifically normally, they, um, you know, there's going to be less real estate, so to speak, on the market because um, really the other properties that come that are specifically owned by uh, managed investment schemes or REITs or, you know, big um, multinational companies with billions of dollars, like trillions of dollars, um, you know, as a landlord, we're now going to have to compete with these people. And so our offer to a tenant has got to be really, really strong compared to what they're going to bring to marketplace. And uh, as such, you know, it is an interesting space. Um, I certainly think what you will find is, again, more real estate um, or less real estate owned by individual landlords, more real estate owned by multinational companies. It's already happened in Europe. Um, if you go to Copenhagen uh, today, you know, the residential marketplace is under attack by corporations and superannuation funds. If you go to uh, Switzerland, it's not uncommon for a tenant to rent off a, a big publicly listed company. Um, and it's happening here in Australia. So uh, very interesting space where the production line of, of property um, is now sort of being taken away from mum and dad investment and handed over to major corporations. And I can understand why from a government point of view that build to rent is really something they want to push because, um, you know, more product in the market, the more affordable rent is. And really the depth of money in uh, your and my pocket is stretched, right? Um, I would love to buy another 10 properties, but the banks won't give me the money to do it. So I can't provide 10 more properties to the rental marketplace. Um, and I'm sure you're in the same boat. So we have a limitation as to what we can do as property investors, as to what we can borrow to provide housing to the rental market. Um, so the future definitely um, when it comes to the way real estate is going to be uh, tokenized, if you like, um, is is certainly um, in line with what you're seeing with a decentralized economy with things like crypto, but in a different way. The spin on it is without question going to be corporations are going to run the real estate economy um, and we've just got to work out where we belong in that jigsaw puzzle. Um, but the good news is, less real estate, more property. So less real estate means usually those with real estate, um, it will, you know, do very, very well in the marketplace. And of course, fractional. Fractional is going to be something which, again, already exists, um, but we're probably going to see a little bit more of that dynamic unfold um, into the future where, you know, it could 
be along the lines that the average property investor, you know, owns sort of two or three great investments and then three or four fractional investments and um, life goes on, life is happy. So interesting um, watching the world unfold out there in the, uh, in the big bad world, but definitely there's a weight system. The average person in the street doesn't have enough to provide enough properties to the Australian property market. So here come the big boys and they're going to um, certainly build things which uh, down the track will, um, you know, provide much needed rental stock to the marketplace. And if you look at really where we're at today, there's a rental crisis. I mean, other than, you know, really Melbourne CBD, Brisbane CBD, where students really rent from foreign investors that put buildings in the CBD that really local Australians never buy, the rental market around the rest of the country is at crisis point. If you look over in Perth, people are, you know, there's reports people camping overnight to get a rental property to be first at the in- inspection. So the government, um, the government's got, you know, a lot of challenges when it comes to creating affordability. So um, we as property investors, what can we do to beat it? Again, we've got to choose those really good live, work, play marketplaces, those lifestyle areas, and we've got to attract and buy real estate, which for the most part, the, uh, you know, the the wealthier section of the market will rent because they don't want to be shoved in a build-to-rent building, if that kind of makes sense. So um, I think most people would um, prefer to sort of rent something individual or tailored or bespoke or niche or in a really good location um, quality property, quality location, um, as opposed to being shoved, you know, in an estate somewhere um, as a rental option. So um, anyway, that's what uh, potentially is, well, it is unfolding. So um, anyway, I better go. Take care. It's supposed to be a three-minute show, another failure, 15 minutes. You take care. Have a great day.